0: Welcome to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. This is Amir from Broncos Avenue on Instagram and Twitter. I'm joined by my uh, co-host here, Train today. And a very special guest. So excited to introduce me today. We have former Denver Broncos linebacker Alexander Johnson. So excited to have you on today. How, how's it
1: going, man? How's life? Man, It's going, it's going great. Uh, out here, in the, living out here in Tennessee. Man, enjoying the time with the family. a uh, blessed. I gotta say, got me a new uh, a new new kid on the way. Got me got my baby boy on the way, so I'm very excited about that. But uh, everything is going going well.
0: Awesome, congratulations, man! Very uh, happy to hear that. Um, we just wanted to like talk talk to you uh about a few topics today, uh, especially with the Broncos. Um, obviously you're known for that special uh, Dino celebration um just kind of like get your insight like what what is like behind that whole celebration where did you Where was that inspired from and what kind of gave you uh like the the insight into making that uh your signature celebration
1: well pretty much was inspired from college actually i used to do it all the time in college with a few uh few of my guys i never did it as a celebration in college Cause I had different celebrations while I was at u t but we used to do it like on campus going around campus, and we would like actually just like randomly do it to people, scare people, and just having fun with it and so i told I told uh one of my good friends who who made who came up with it I said, Hey, bro, when I get to the league, i'm pulling i'm pulling that as a, pulling out pulling that out <laughs> as a celebration and so, sure enough, once I did it one time, people loved it, and you know I ran with it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I man, that's a unique celebration for sure. I haven't seen anything like that.
1: Yeah, I know. I I sat back and I uh, was telling them, I was like, "Well, that's, it's it's ironic that it can it fixed perfect with me because you know I was out of ball for a few years, and sure enough, I came back on the scene, and you know people thought dinosaurs extinct, but hey, he came one came really came back to life. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's a it's a good um, analogy you make there. Obviously, you had a few years off from football. What was that like? Just uh, having those years off, and you know, coming back and being able to like jump into stardom so uh, quickly, um, and just be like recognized so quickly by uh, not only like um, just like people w- people within the uh, NFL, but also just fans taking uh, notice of your of your game uh, skill level so quickly.
1: Uh. It was a blessing, man. Uh, you know, that's one of the, one of the things. Um, as a kid, I had one goal, and pretty much one goal only, is to make it to the NFL. I had that goal since I was five years old. And that's one thing I told my mother when I was a kid. I was like, Mom, I'm make it to the NFL. And she said, Baby, you can do it. You got to do your schoolwork first. So, man, being able to get that opportunity is just, just a, a big blessing in itself. And as one, one of the things I tell a lot of young guys, man, once you get your opportunity, when you get it, Take it, take it and run with it, because you know sometimes opportunities don't present itself. But when they do present itself, you got to be able to take it and run with it. So just be able to come back and start playing. Once once I got my got my chance to start playing and get that starting spot, you know that's one of the biggest things I want to do is just be able to take it and run with it. And so I, I prepared myself. I just I kept continuing to prepare myself, stay stay in shape, stay ready. And one of my big models I always go by is you believe in yourself, believe in God and continue believing you can anything you can make anything possible and that's one of the thing's i live by i strive to uh, strive to do each in, each day in and out and yeah just just being able to get to the league and then once i got to the league you know sitting out of sitting out of ball for 4 years mm-hmm. able just to be able to be able to come on the scene and just make a make a name for myself like you said had a, had a good following with fans and loving me and then often me uh, acquiring some good accolades just um just coming back on the scene so you know that's one that was a big blessing in itself and it's commended it all to God and then just the hard work I put in to continue to be able to stay ready
2: you know and you know, one thing I've noticed, especially about your career, is you, you faced a lot of adversity on your journey to, uh, from college, on your journey to the NFL, and especially once you got to the NFL. Uh, you know, what what's one thing that inspires you and keeps you driving and helps you overcome
1: adversity? Uh, uh what drives me? I uh, mean, it's, it's so many different things that drives me to be able to um, – just to keep pushing and overcome adversity. Mm-hmm. But uh, like uh, as a kid, I, I done set a lot of goals and I have accomplished a few of those goals. And it's a few goals I still want to accomplish. So, you know, I'm driving to accomplish those goals. And then just knowing that I have, I have kids myself. So any way I can do to help better their life or help put them in a situation to live a healthy and blessed life and not have to worry about struggling and Cause you know I came came from section eight, and my mother, my mother dro- my mother gave me a lot of fuel behind that, just being able to just see how my mother grew up and raised raised us, and she was working her tail off, provide for three kids, and you know making ends means, and like I always, we never wanted for, we never wanted for nothing, but we didn't always get what we wanted, but we never wanted for nothing, cause you know she made made ends means, so I say my mom, ma- my mother is my big drive behind that, and then now. Have my kids be able to push me and drive to overcome adversity, and you know just the want to do better and succeed in life.
2: You know, and I love that. I, that's uh, you know that's one of the best driving factors you can have in your career, especially in a place like the NFL, that where it's uh, you know, and like you said, opportunity doesn't always present itself. So I love that. You know, that's the best driving factor you can have, especially when you're in an industry like the NFL. When uh you know opportunity doesn't always present itself in the way you want it to, And
1: yeah, that's very true.
0: Yeah, I love that. And you you know I always always tell people, um, whenever you find something that you love to do, and you you know you get to that spot where you're accomplishing, you like like you said, you find those accolades and you're doing so well. Um, and then there's there's some people who say, you know, you know what what is my purpose? What what am I playing for? What am I doing this for? And you know, you you like you talked about your family. That that gives you purpose. That gives you something, you know, to play for, to go for. I I love talking to people about that. Just like, what's your purpose? You know, what's what makes you keep going every day? Um, I think that I think that's what even makes me uh keep going. Um, you know, just whatever whatever you're doing. It doesn't even have to be sports. It's just uh, I like that moral that you uh you bring and say there. Um, so in in your Broncos tenure. Um, obviously, you had some uh, really good moments, um, some really good games. Uh, I, I personally, my one of my favorite moments that sticks out from um, your your tenure with uh, with the team was that interception in the end zone against uh, the Chargers. If there, if you had to give one moment um, with the Broncos, um, what what would be the moment that sticks out in your mind? What would be uh, considered your favorite?
1: My favorite moment with the Broncos. Ugh.
0: It's gotta be tough. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Granted, obviously, you know that's what you just said. Is I'm able to get my first start in the NFL mm-hmm. and I come out come out real hot with an interception and yeah. uh, some tackle for loss, mm-hmm. couple PBUs. That right there in, in itself, I feel like speaks volume because you know I haven't played ball in so long and set out so long and and my first game I come back come on the scene just tearing it up. So I don't know. I feel like that first game just set 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 a set a standard for how I should perform and play and what type of player I, I am. So I feel like that could be a really big moment there. But just just in general, you know, Broncos country, uh, it's, it's a wonderful place. Uh, I sit back and tell a few people, I haven't played with no other team, but I done been to different stadiums and been to different tailgates and a few different uh, NFL games. And obviously, it's, I still haven't found nothing that's like the University of Tennessee, Ball Nation. But when I say Broncos country, the way they rip, how their fans are, how the energy in the stadium, I'm about to say it's it's probably the closest to to matching in uh my time at UT. So just the, in general, just being a be a being, being able to make the Broncos my first home was a blessing. It just the fans and the fan base and just the atmosphere and the the, the people there it was it was great. Um, I love I love Denver. I love Broncos. You know. Uh, something cool that a lot of people don't know. Uh, I went actually was at a Broncos game before I was playing. I was sitting there in the stands, and I was like, "Hey, bro!" I was talking to one of my homies. I was like, "Hey, bro!" I might end up here one day, and short sure enough, I end up wow. Broncos. So I uh-huh. always been always been a Broncos fan, and I love the state, Colorado. I had a few I had a, I have had a lot of people tell me I'm more of a Colorado than they are because I enjoy the mountains. I get out to the mountains to hike, uh, shoes. Yeah, I, mean, I just, I just, I love Colorado. It's one place I'm always going to visit and do some training up there. You know, you can't beat that altitude. Yes, sir. You,
2: you know, and I, and I, I want to go back to that, uh, that Chargers game. You, you know, you get your first start in the NFL, and that, you know, that whole point in your life where you're, you're just getting back into it, and you're, you know, you're seeing field time again. And, you know, what was that whole process like for you? you? You know, you have your first start and you just come on the scene blazing hot with, the, you know, a pick, tackle for loss. And just having a game like that in your first start, what was that whole, like, you know, that whole process like for you? I mean,
1: I, I would imagine that had to be pretty surreal, right? It was It was pretty surreal. Uh, I feel like once I got to that game, I already, my mind was already prepared and set. My I know the work I put in. I prepared myself to be able to do that. And my mind was set. You know, that's one of the biggest things I you had. I tell people is you got to envision. You got to speak, speak about what you want to happen. Speak about, pray about what you want to come to existence. So my mind prepared me, and I thought about different plays what I could make in my first start. But uh, I know you said one of the biggest moments. I feel like one of the biggest moments that just really touched my heart is when I I wasn't on. I wasn't. It was on a preseason game, my very first preseason game. I get the rundown on the kickoff. And sure enough, my first preseason game, I run down on kickoff and I blow the kick – I mean, I blow the running back up. And that right there just – I brought tears to tears to me when I made that play happen just because I worked my tail off to get to the league. And that first tackle in a preseason game, getting to blow somebody up, that right there brought tears to me and so much joy to my heart. So that right there I feel like was one of the biggest moments other than the first game. But, you know, just, just preparing myself, you know, preparing yourself and being ready. For the opportunity, um, I like I, I like I always, I always told people, and I already knew. I like, man, I, I, know I'm one of the best inside-bound linebackers in the league. I just got to go out, get, once I get my chance to prove it. I can go out there and do it. So I, you got to speak about what you want to bring about. So I don't know, it's a, it's a blessing in itself. <laughs>
0: yeah, I love that when the opportunity presents itself, you take advantage of it. Um, speaking of you, say you believe you're uh, the one of the best inside linebackers inside of the league. Um, I gotta ask, and you don't have to, you don't have to answer, but um, with the whole situation with not being uh with not returning to the Broncos, um, can you just like give us some insight into how that went down? Um, you know what happened? Because obviously, as fans, we were wanting to see uh, you know, the Jewel and Johnson duo back. Um. Just, like, curious, you know, what happened there? Has there been any contact between you and the Denver Broncos organization front office? Um, has there been any contact between uh, you and other teams? Just how did that all go down, um, if you don't mind sharing with us?
1: Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I, I sit here and wonder, like, the fans as well. People like, hey, you in that front guy? i like, shit, I don't know either. Like, I would have loved for me and Josie to get back, uh, get back and tar- take over the league as the two best in the sideline backers, but – I really, I'm in the same boat as fans. I really don't know what expired from that, and I, I didn't really have much communication other other than they say, oh, we'll 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 think about your options." As you know, the, over the whole time I was there training, you know, I was there train training for my injury. I was there in Colorado, and it just really not much communication there. So I really don't really know what expired or what made them not want to bring me back. So. I know at the end of the day, it's a business, you know, people make business decisions. Sometimes it's a good one. Sometimes it's bad ones. You never know. So like, I don't really know what expired from there. And so I'm just like a fan as well. I really want to know why they didn't bring me back. So, um, hey, so there was um, just
0: like, there was just like zero contact uh, at like the end there with, you know, the deadline coming like free agency beginning. Um, like how did you even figure out that you weren't going to be brought back? Did it just like over time you knew that they weren't going to give you that call?
1: Yeah, pretty much. So my my advisor, because uh, you know I, I rep- represent myself and me, and my advisor, we speak with different teams and whatnot. I respect that. So uh, pretty much, they just it, it wasn't they didn't. Have, I didn't get no. Oh no, we're not bringing you back. Or oh yes, we. Not. It's just really just a I don't know type of situation. And you know, as time passed by, well, if they haven't communicated me this, this at this point, that's when I end up just rooting up, moving moving to Tennessee and getting a home closer to where my family at because you know I got kids and stuff like that so I want to be close to family so that's why I ended up rooting in Tennessee and uh, getting moving back closer to my family and whatnot and obviously you know with the with the previous injury with uh Josie um you know I've, I'm assuming they was uh thinking about bringing me in we had a slight conversation a few weeks ago but oh, it man. was nothing nothing uh major and uh, so it nothing expired from it just a slight conversation but Nothing expired from it, so yeah, I was, I was. I'm pretty well just like the fans, you know. <laughs> I was wondering why they didn't bring me back either, because man, that's one of the biggest things I thought coming to the lead is man. If you get out there and perform, and you and you do do your job and you perform and show that you're you're a very top player, I like. Oh, I should get picked up by picked up back again, but uh, hey, it's a business. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's and that's one of the things that we've you know. We I'd say uh, me and Amir are pretty big fans of uh george Payton's work but that that was i think that's one of the one uh one criticisms that we've constantly had on this podcast is uh throughout the off season that was the one head scratcher was deciding not to bring you back uh but yeah I that, my
1: head too <laughs> yeah
2: that, i th- i think I can say, yeah, I'm definitely a fan of his work, but that was, uh, yeah, I think that was the one consistent head-scratcher that this fan base has had since his uh, tenure here,
0: so. Yeah, and I like him, but, like, it just rubbed me the wrong way, the fact that they're – usually you would let a player know, like, you know, have the have that conversation with them, but the fact that, you know, no one even informed you of that, that's I, – I don't understand that move. I mean, anybody can have their, you know, opinion on that. It's a business at the end of the day,
1: but I don't really understand that. I, I don't understand it either. But uh, to all the Broncos fans that hear and listen to this, man, I see your messages. Man, I get so many messages from uh different uh, Broncos fans. It's like it's surreal. like, And I, feel like I can't reply back to all of them. But, man, just thank y'all for the, the great and positive words and uplifting words because, man, when I tell you my inbox is full with just some love, love from Broncos fans, man, I love y'all. And, you know, thanks for all the great, great messages.
0: <clears throat> yeah i would say um this year obviously we kind of touched on this a bit but this year obviously there's been injuries at that position um obviously talked about jewel going down um jonas griffith has stepped up pretty well um he's like look, he's looked pretty nice um just this team in general the 2022 denver broncos the defenses look pretty good um, but as a whole, what 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 are your opinions so far on the team? What do you expect from this Nathaniel Hackett led team and the coach, the very young uh, inexperienced coaching staff? What do you uh, what do you expect from this team, and what are what are your thoughts so far on what they've done, especially uh, the very questionable decisions?
1: Uh, I don't have no expectation for them. But you know, sitting around watching ball with the family and stuff, you know, I have a lot of family like, oh, I want them to lose. I'm bad that they bring you back, and I'm <laughs> I'm I'm on a different perspective. I'm like, uh, I I don't I can't really I don't like I ain't root, I ain't rooting for them to lose. Like I'm really rooting for guys that I know to do do well and succeed because I know guys there, and I got a, got a good relationship with a lot of guys. So it's like I want to see those guys do well and succeed and and do great things because. I I'm not in the industry to see anybody do bad or or fail. So, like, guys who I know personally, I want them to succeed. I want them to do great. And I want them to perform good. And uh, I know you just mentioned Jonah Griffin. Uh, obviously, during his time when he was there, you know, me and Jonah, we got some work in with each other. I spoke with spoke to him a different, about different things. And, man, I, I told him, I'm like, bro, you can be a real – you can be one of the best linebackers in the league. And obviously, obviously that injury, I feel like slowing him down a little bit. But once he healed up, I feel like he might go out there and, and really just tear it up. So, yeah. you know, I, I want to see guys to succeed and do well. So I never want to speak bad about nobody. But, you know, at the end of the day, I know when I get my opportunity to hit that field and start playing, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a light it up and – And uh, one of the things I do wish, though, whatever team I land with, I hope I get to play the Broncos so, you know, I can just go ahead and have a showtime. Like, hey, y'all should have brought me back.
0: (laughs) You want to have a a Shelby Harris (laughs) kind of interview?
1: I seen that, and that was too funny. (laughs) (laughs) I was dying when Shelby did that.
0: (laughs) Uh, Obviously, some fans um, got a little aggravated by that. I mean, Shelby's a great guy. Obviously you know that firsthand. Um yeah. a lot of people got you know quite uh got pretty pissed off by that. Um I mean at the end at the end of the day, he was a good player. We traded him and you know, he showed us, you know, this you know what this is what happens when you trade uh one of your best D linemen. So um it is what it is. I mean, I, I can't blame him for, I can't blame him for that. So um Hopefully if you are uh, on the f- the the same field as the Broncos one day again and hopefully it'll be on our team cuz you know right. you know me and Trey you know already we've already spoke about on this podcast before we we think very highly of you um so we would like for you to be
1: back on this team um what do you see hey, from me as well man you know i i i, I, love, I love i love colorado i am about to say shoot like denver my first home I I love to be back out there tearing it up with with the with the Broncos, but you know, whatever the first opportunity presents itself, or the best opportunity presents itself, you know, I'm gonna have to take that route. But you already know, I, I definitely would love to be a Broncos, but obviously, I don't see that expiring just because how much time them delayed and passed by. Where yeah, I feel like I end up getting picked up by someone else. Been in communication with a few other teams, nothing solid yet. So you know, still staying patient and staying ready. Guy's speed. You yeah.
2: know, it, it you know, and one one thing I wanted to go back to is uh, you know, we, we were talking about the you know just the 2022 Broncos and obviously the the big headlines surrounding uh Denver this offseason was the Russ, the Russell Wilson trade and then uh the coaching change. Um and I I actually wanted to get your take on this, and I, I feel like there's no better person to ask than someone who's been inside the locker room. Uh, me and Amir were debating this earlier on this week. Um, I want to get your I want to get your take on because I definitely think there's different types of coaches out in, out in the league. You know, I think there's a lot of coaches that possess great great leadership qualities, and then I think there's uh, a handful of coaches that lack those leadership qualities. But then they can also make up for it by being, uh, you know, sc- schematically sound, uh, uh, you know, play calling, and th- things of that sort. Um, and you know, I I've players may not agree with this take, but you know, and I, it's it's obviously easy for me to say this uh, as a fan, but I, I I've always kind of questioned the like with a coach like Nathaniel Hackett. I, I would say I think we can all say, uh, you know, or at least the vast majority can say that he he's a coach that possesses great leadership qualities. Um, you can definitely see the culture change. Uh, over the last year since, you know, since the coaching change, since the rest trade. And I, I wanted to get your take on, how, like, how important is it uh, to have a coach that has those leadership qualities? Like, and, and how do you think that that correlates directly to on-field success? Do you, like, do you think a coach with those types of leadership qualities um, can, do you think that that is a trait that can single-handedly take a team to
1: success on the field? Uh Uh, i say for some players and some players not. Like, I feel like some players need a coach who they can really believe in. And, oh, man, I can go, like, just you can fully believe in. And, like, I don't know, just you can lead them in different ways. And I feel like if some players were, it's, hey, man, give me my job. Give me my job. Give me my assignment. Let me go out there and perform it. Uh, So, it's I don't know. it's I don't know. For me personally, I, I don't know. I um, don't know him personally, so I can't really speak on his how he his take and how, the locker room and stuff like that with him because I don't know him personally. But for me, any co- I feel like any coach who can be straight up and honest and not sugarcoat and shoot stuff around, that's the type of coach I like. I don't care if you're a mean coach, happy coach, or down coach. My, my biggest thing is straight up honesty and giving the assignment and let me go perform because I I'm a – I'm 30 years old. I've lived a lot of life, and I've seen the different from a lot of different type of coaches and stuff like that. And one of my biggest traits for a coach that I can, I, I feel like I would want to play play harder for, or just perform even better for, is a coach that's going to shoot it straight, shoot it to you straight, and be straight up and honest. And personality-wise, it doesn't really faze me because I've lived a lot of life, so personalities they don't really bother me. I just want somebody who's going to be straight up and real and shoot it straight. And let us go perform and have have a, have a good time performing. So, uh, that's my take on that because I don't know Coach personally. So, I'm a more honest, straight shoot it shoot 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 it straight type of guy.
2: Yeah, you know, and that's fair. I I actually love that response, and you know, I I think that's actually the best response you could have given. You know, and that's one thing. That's why I asked that question too, because I and I mean, I played I played ball in high school, but and I mean, obviously that's. Not really even comparable to the league, but, you know, and that's like, that's one thing that I always kind of like had in my head is, uh, you know, like they, my coaches always preached leadership and things of that sort. And that was, I guess, you know, and I, I may just be one of those players where it's like, give me the assignment and I'll go out there and perform. Because that, that was one thing, is you know, like the locker room speeches and, uh, you know, the things, like, just things of that sort. Uh, and, you know, leadership qualities are always great to have, of course. But, you know, oh, yeah. I, I never really felt like that ever translated to direct on field success, at least for me. And, uh, you know, and I, that's, you know, that was just something I had in the back of my head. And I wanted to get a, a player's take on that. To see, since you guys are actually in the locker room on a day-to-day basis, and you know, and I think I think that's a I think that's a really interesting answer.
1: Yeah, and at this, if in like far as leadership wise, I feel like if you got a coach, you would be more relative and more more related, related, to a player. Like, can understand a player situation or been like knowing game situations from on field instead of like just coaching. I feel like that goes a long way as well when you can relate to a player. And um, like you just understand the situation, with the, what's going on in the moment, locker room, outside the locker room. If you know how to relate to a player, I feel like that helps as well. And But it got to come from a genuine place, in your heart, a genuine place. I feel like got to come from a genuine place. So I know that can, that can always help if you I can't relate to a player.
0: So I got to ask, um, going back to the topic of uh, the coaches, um, especially the Denver Broncos – um Vic Fangio who coached the Broncos for three years um obviously you're uh here during that time um what so obviously there's some stuff that came out on Twitter a few months ago about uh from Sue Cravens basically saying uh Vic Fangio was like uh cussing out certain players or whatever and just kind of like being a jerk in practice um what can you tell us about him and his tenure with the Broncos there's been kind of a mixed um, input, uh, from, from Broncos on, uh, Fangio, obviously there's the players that, um, that talk about, you know, how, how important he was to that team, um, how great of a defensive mastermind is, but how was he, uh, how did he affect the locker room? Um, and how do you think, um, he made the, the overall team feel on game day and during practice? Like, what can you tell us about, uh, your, your, uh, your time with Vic Fangio?
1: How did he make the overall team feel? I feel like I I liked him because he, he was more of an old school type of guy. Okay. If
0: that
1: if that makes sense. Uh he was more of an old old school type of guy where it's like not he's not so much with the rah rah, here raw stuff, It's more here, do this, this assignment, get it done type of thing. So I I liked him in that aspect. I feel I feel obviously we already said he's a great defensive mastermind. Yeah, uh, I done not I done I, done, I done sat down and had dinner with him and stuff like that. So, uh, he's. A, I feel like he's a great coach. Um, I wish he was still coaching somewhere. Off, I know he said he wanted to take the year off, but mm-hmm. we'll definitely see him coming back, uh, tearing some defense against uh, some defense right again. But, and granted, I don't. I don't see him cuss out some guys. But like getting cussed out don't really bother me. And you know, some I don't know, it don't bother me. But I. I don't like getting cussed out because you know we all grown men. So if somebody cussing me out for something I know I didn't do wrong or something like that, I'm going to say something back because we all grown men, and I just – it's only one person who really can just cuss me out and me not say nothing, that's my mom. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. far, uh, I feel like he's a, like a great coach, a great defense, a great mind. As so far as what uh, the tweet that came out about it, I, can't really, I don't know much about that and can't really say much about it, but, hey – Somebody cuss you out and you're a grown man, you can't get say something back. Hey, that's on you. <laughs>
0: yeah, there's the people saying he was like playing favorites too. Um, he was like, he he even uh wished uh Teddy Teddy B a happy birthday when Drew Locke um had the same exact birthday and he didn't say anything <laughs> about that. I, th- I thought it was funny,
2: but uh, you know. Yeah. I, I gotta say I, I gotta say i i am the i am an avid drew lock supporter oh, here I'm, we go. i am the drew lock supporter of this podcast
1: <laughs> hey, so you, that, that, <laughs> you
2: know if i have any if i have any ill will with vic fangio that is my only
1: compliance <laughs> <laughs> hey we were sitting in the meeting room when that happened i was sitting in the meeting room when that happened and obviously i didn't know Drew's birthday until people was like yeah Yo, you want to buy drew's birthday like, oh shoot his birthday too i didn't know and obviously he i'm just coach I, I was just looking as coach probably didn't know like who expect a, somebody, a coach to know everybody's birthday or yes, if true. they didn't put it on his paper how would he not how would he know so i don't know I don't know. I ain't, I know I ain't gonna know everybody's birthday until they put it up on the slide unless I'm real tight with you. And but yeah, what you just said, I'm a I'm a Drew Lock uh, advocate as well, man. I I love that guy, man. He got great energy and just just how he carries himself around. I, I I I was hoping he got that starting spot uh, in Washington. <laughs> I, uh, I I like I like that guy a lot though.
2: You get it, man. It's getting rough <laughs> out here for Drew Lock supporters.
1: His, I mean,
2: time is coming. <laughs> yeah. his time is coming soon, mark
1: my oh, words. Yeah. oh yeah, okay. it'll come He's he he gonna get his opportunity, and I already know when he get that that opportunity again he's gonna run with it, and he's gonna he gonna be seeing him on on top top ten quarterbacks for sure top ten that's that's very bold
2: <laughs> I think it's very <laughs> accurate
1: oh here we go. Hey. I got to speak highly of guys who I know personally I like. Yeah. I mean, you, you,
0: you, I can understand that. But Trayton just, Trayton's like all over this guy, dude. Like, I, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, mean Drew, what, Drew, Drew's a great guy. But like, if we're talking about on the field play, the um, dude is impossible
2: just, to dislike, bro. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the dude himself.
0: Yeah. He's, he's a great guy. I mean, dude, so many Broncos fans are attached to that. But when you talk about we 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 can have like a whole another discussion about this, but
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please, uh, I I
1: can, I can see y'all can right. I can tell <laughs> uh, y'all can go back and forth on that one. <laughs> oh, oh, for yes. sure. This <laughs> fan
0: base is so split. Yeah,
1: <laughs> there's. I've I I've literally now, seen. I see it.
0: Yeah, I've seen some some fans literally. I saw today. Someone was like, "We should we should have." Uh, taking that trade back or we should have we should retrade um russell wilson back to seattle for drew lock and uh get back some of those picks i'm like are you serious
1: <laughs> all right I, yeah, <laughs> major sure overreaction. <laughs> yeah people saying that probably just saying it just to be said stir something up you know probably, people say yeah. some stuff just to stir it up
0: <laughs> yeah I, I love broncos country um the last thing i want to touch on um that decision to kick the sixty-four yard field goal, um, in that Seattle game rather than going for it on fourth and five, um, what what was your initial reaction to it? I'm I'm assuming you were watching the game. What was oh, your yeah. uh, reaction to that?
1: So my initial reaction was, man, this B Mac. He gonna make it, man. Okay. Okay. Damn, damn right, B Mac gonna make it. And then afterwards, you know, as a few hours passed by, I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, uh. You did pay all you did pay that quarterback all that money and yeah. it's a quarterback lead, you're supposed to put it in your quarterback hands. That was <laughs> but the first initial when I was watching in the game, I was I was root for B Mac to make it. But obviously being realistic like wise, mm-hmm. hey you pay you paid your quarterback all that money. Hey, let him go do what he do.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, if you talk about the kick itself, dude, that was so close. He was oh yeah, literally, it was he was like literally a foot away from Making the second longest field goal in nFL history, but um the fact that Hackett chose um showed more trust in his kicker in making that field goal rather than a uh, quarterback that he paid two hundred and fifty plus million, not to mention he also traded away his next two years of future draft picks for and didn't wasn't able to trust in him that that yeah. was wild that was wild to me um obviously, we're past that, but just wanted to yeah. get your input on that
1: yeah, like you said it's pretty wild, but you know. He's a first head coach year guy. So mm-hmm. he I definitely, I know he learned from that mistake. And, you know, y'all, that's one of the biggest things you can do. You can learn and move on. He, I, he ain't going to make that one again, I know for sure. Do you
0: think him, his lack of experience um, caused him to have nerves in that moment? Because, like, me and Trey have talked this over and over. Like, we can't think of a logical explanation for why he made that decision. Do you think nerves are playing a role into this? For Russ as well, do you think – Nerves are playing a role in the fact that they're in new, um, on a, on a brand new team and have so much expectations they have to live up to.
1: Uh, uh, I don't know, Actually, it's hard to say because you know, some sometimes nerves is complaining with part of some type of people, and then some type of people it doesn't. they just all right, let's do it, it's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But me as a player wise, I, I'm not on the sideline, I didn't see what going on, sideline. But me as a player wise, if I'm the quarterback. And it's five, we got to get five yards in a 64-yard field goal. I'm like, hey, hell no, nah, coach. Give me the ball. <laughs> hey, let, yeah. I'm about to go get this first down. Like, I'm the quarterback. I'm about to go get this first down. And then let me get this first down and we can kick it after we drive it down a few more. And me as a quarterback, that's what I would, my response would be, man, no, put this ball in my hand. Like, I'm the quarterback. I'm about to go make this happen. So, that's my thought what should have happened. I don't know what happened on the sideline with the quarterback, but, you know. As yeah. a quarterback, leader of the team, I want the ball.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think um, – I like what you say there. I think so many people are criticizing not only Hackett but also Russ in that moment because if it's Rodgers in that situation, they would be a lot more demanding and assertive to put the ball in their hands. Like you just saw last night Darius Slay, he was he was going to be having a substitution before he made that uh-huh. second pick. Yeah, and he's like, no, I'm staying on the field. I don't, I don't care. And He makes the pick right after. You know, I would like to see Russ be more assertive. Obviously, he wants to show that he trusts his head coach. But, you know, maybe they, they need to have uh, better communication in that moment. Um, and it ended up costing them the game. So, um, obviously, it's a whole new team. There's going to be uh, errors like this. We saw this coming. And, you know, it's showing. So, hopefully, Russ can be more assertive uh, from here on out. Hopefully, he can, you know, like you're saying, you know, put the ball in my hands. Let me make it play. You know, this is, this is what I'm here for. Um, also, some more issues with the team. Last thing I want to touch on. There there has been so many issues with the red zone offense. They cannot. It's like as soon as they enter that twenty yard line, they're hitting a brick wall constantly. It's and not even just the twenty yard line. It's like when they get down to the five or even within the two yard line, they're just they can't do anything. As someone who is so good, um, who is so good uh, at the linebacker position, and I'm assuming you kind of know what goes through an offense's mind as they're entering, um, you know, the opponent's territory and getting down to potentially a score. What do you think is going wrong with this red zone offense? Um, And what do you think they can do to fix it?
1: Mm. Uh, I don't know. It's me sitting back watching the game. Mm -hmm. Me sitting back watching the game. I'm like, hey, put 33 in (laughs) because he proven himself. People don't want to tackle him. And anytime we got any short yardage, five yardage to go, give 33 the ball because he proved people don't want to tackle him. He led the he led the league and broke missed tackles, giving people missed tackles last season. Mm -hmm. And like that man's so good. Like like I'm sitting on the sideline and I haven't seen no other running back run like him before. And I done played against a lot of great running backs. And like he's that good where it's like, man, I wanna just I wanna tackle him and go play against him just to see how good he is because how and how he be embarrassing people and other linebackers is so unreal. I, I, my my tip to that is get thirty three the ball when you inside. <laughs> I love <laughs> you know? it. They, they, don't, they don't care if he if if you, you know you're running it. He gonna he still gonna make people miss and get he gonna get positive yards. So that's my that's my tip on that. Give thirty three the ball.
0: Yeah, I mean he was a he was a former line. He's a former linebacker himself. So you know I love that. He that's my favorite player right there, Javante Williams. Um, so. Th- Yes, sir. even
1: even speaking of the like the Seahawks game, like me just sitting back watching it, that first quarter they was killing them. I I, I feel like they could have easily won that game if they would have stuck to what they were doing in the first quarter, running it, tight ends running it, tight ends because they would they could they couldn't stop it. It was like they were just destroying them. Uh, Seahawks linebackers, the eyes was out of place, tight ends was just open every time, and then obviously they they don't want to they don't want to tackle thirty three, so. If they, I feel like if they would have just stuck to that process the whole game, they would have easily won that uh, Seahawks game.
0: Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Love to hear it. So that's going to be it for today's episode. It was so amazing having you on here today. Thank you for taking time out of your uh, night to, you know, spend this episode with us, answer our questions, you know, just talk Broncos football. It was really a good time talking to you, man.
1: Yes, yeah, sir. Hey, thanks for uh, having me on. Uh, I'll leave that with this right here. Make sure I go check out all uh, my gear. Uh, it's called CB45 website chief beast cb 45 stands for chief beast chief stands for leader be a great leader beast stands for be one of the best
0: yeah be sure to check out chief beast's website at chief if you guys enjoyed today's episode make sure to leave a rating check out apple podcast spotify for more episodes we have plenty more episodes coming hope you guys enjoyed today Our next episode, we will be previewing week three against the San Francisco 49ers. Be sure on the lookout for that one. Make sure to have notifications on. It was a blast talking to Alexander today. Hope you guys enjoyed. Peace.